0: Welcome to LITV, Um, this is going to be in English all throughout. And my host today is Jakub Kosmowski, Marketing Director of Unipetrol. Hello, Jakub.
1: Thank you very much. Again,
0: I would like to ask you first question. Uh, I didn't know that you were a uh, windsurfing champion uh, in 2008. Uh, you won the title of championship for Poland and you managed to get to European finals. How did you get to windsurfing and what was it about?
1: Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so my, my background is a bit mixed and, um, and uh, when I was uh, 13 I started in sports, I was always interested in, in sports um, in the sense that, you know, in our family we had always some different activities from team sports and individual sports and it was always a path for us to sort of, you know, self-develop uh, uh, the persistence and, and, and basically, you know, trying to do something for a living with sports uh, and I chose a bit uh, niche uh, discipline in Poland, windsurfing, which, you know, uh, and especially that I come from Krakow, which mm-hmm. is in the south of Poland, everyone mm-hmm. was telling me that this is not the best choice because I had like 700 kilometers to, to, to the sea, but but I chose it and, and I sort of uh, um, trained quite a lot in those years and um, it led me to uh, sort of traveling quite a lot of uh, around the world. and. Yeah, that was my path. But then, you know, when, when you get older, uh, you start to question, you know, if it's the right path to continue. And and basically, uh, when my first son was was born in mm. 2010, I stopped. And that's true. Uh, I became, uh, my best result was second in Europe. And then mm. I was a few years um, Polish champion. And that was an amazing, you know, experience for sure. It led me to, to a lot of travels but of course then later on it was not sustainable so i had to choose you know mm-hmm. if i should uh, you know follow the, the sport path or i should actually concentrate on business and, and and do something else
0: sure what did you like most about windsurfing was the one thing that <coughs> really uh, was fun for you
1: definitely travels you know uh, and it was it was amazing to see uh, especially at a young age to see different cultures and different people and you know like i think that uh, that developed me in the sense that uh, I was always curious and always open to different stuff, which then led me to to uh, other choices which which I made now. So yeah, definitely, if you ha- if you know someone has a chance to actually travel a lot, I think that's that's the biggest benefit I had from sports. Mm-hmm.
0: And you have been in the area of marketing uh, since two thousand and five, so already for fourteen years. Why marketing? Uh, what do you think is fascinating about the uh, profession as such?
1: So um, you know, like it all started more connected to production. I was always fascinated by creativity uh, in the sense that you know good campaigns and good creative campaigns can break through you know, all the noise. And it's it basically started for me when I worked in, 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 in design and production. Mm-hmm. But later on, throughout some of the years, I started to sort of uh, empty my colleagues which were working higher in marketing because they had more influence on the outcome of the campaign. And then, you know, I decided that actually from concentrating on production and on graphic design and, and creativity, I can actually move a little bit up on the supply chain, let's call it, that I can influence more the outcomes of of, of the campaign. So I started working in in uh, in marketing and then um, later on I opened uh, an agency in Poland, which I ran till till um, for eight or nine years. And that was called uh, JFK, JFK Studio. Studio.
0: I'm yes. sorry but why the JFK? Is there any reference to anyone? Uh, uh, well, in that's the US? that's
1: that's not yeah, no, that, that's that's a uh, uh, I, I get this question quite often. But there's, you know, like, I didn't overthink it. Well, I was younger, I I wanted to do stuff. And then, you know, naming was quite, you know, further on the list of priorities. So I just said, like, my middle name is uh, Franciszek in Polish, so Mm -hmm. simple JFK. And then, you know, uh, it became quite successful in the sense that we even had some campaigns run during, you know, the finals of NBA in 2000, I believe. twelve. so so It was rather successful, but then again came a a choice of, you know, uh, working on an agency side was still not uh, sort of inventing those ideas. So then, you know, came the decision that uh, I will move to the client side and I moved um, to Mercedes-Benz and then after that came Uni Patrol.
0: once you do uh, production for companies, uh, the experience you had, uh, do they tend to give more freedom uh, to you <coughs> in, in Poland uh, as you work? Or um, is it more have like their expectations and you have to fulfill them?
1: It's, you know, it's a know-how and knowledge of the market. And especially, I think, um, for marketers, in, I would maybe suggest to all marketers to maybe have a brief episode on the agency side. Because you get to know how they work and how to, you know, where all the uh, uh, points which you need to, <coughs> sorry, which you really need to take into consideration. Because mm-hmm. um, from the client side, uh, you, if you only work on the client side, you don't see everything that goes into the process of creating a, a, a proper campaign. And you know, if you are working on the agency side, you know all the small tricks and hacks, and actually you know and you can predict how much time it takes to create something meaningful. So uh, uh, it was very beneficial for me now, in order to communication uh, to communicate better with our agencies, and also you know, to it goes to something as simple as, as budgeting and really see where we have some potential to optimize our costs and stuff like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, You worked for Mercedes-Benz 2016-2017. Yes. Um, uh, Was it something that uh, enabled you to reach out your creativity? Because I would imagine it it was more strict policies, how to do, what to do, how.
1: Well, exactly. That was was a totally different environment that that I work now. Uh, It it was very much about, you know, mm, let's call it, doing orders which came from abroad. Yeah. And, and all the, all the marketing uh, activities, maybe not all of them, but the major, majority of those activities were sort of run from Stuttgart, mm. translated to uh, local markets. Where, you know, in the sense that I believe in global brands, but, uh, but I also believe in, in local flexibility. And, and in Mercedes-Benz, it was quite difficult to have that flexibility. And we really often had to sort of, you know, make compromises and spend money on campaigns, which we knew from the start that, well, well either they will not work because the, the market is still too fresh and, and it's not so developed like Germany. So, um, so then I, I decided that it's maybe it's a maybe good time to, to move on. Mm-hmm.
0: Your life is centered about, around creativity a lot. Uh, uh, what do you think helps creativity? Um, Uh, to to foster? Uh, Is it pressure? Is it uh, uh, like high reward? Or is it uh, being totally crazy out of mind?
1: Probably a little bit out of everything. But but definitely, yeah, I'm a big believer in, uh, in creativity and I'm a big believer in sort of marketers. You don't have to be super creative, but I believe that they need to know what creative means because there are sort of two schools you know you have one one let's call it academic school of you know marketers ending their work where the creative agency is coming but i believe the optimum sort of solution is when you can actually get involved in those creative campaigns and and a good way to sort of foster that i would say is just being open being open and, and digest and you know, um, take as much content as you can from different sides of the world and, and, you know, different, different countries. And, you know, I spent a lot of time basically researching creative campaigns. And I think, you know, being open to new solutions is what what matters. And, you know, I hate the saying of um, where you can get it in, in some of the corporate world that, you know, it was always done that way which I really go against. And we should always ask ourselves if it's the proper way. If it's not, let's really think and give ourselves some time to creatively sort of approach this problem, mm-hmm. if that's the word, but yeah. Yeah,
0: is what I wanted to ask you. you, became director of marketing for New Petrol over a year. How would it be possible uh, to bring uh, more uh, like uh, new approaches uh, to a brand which is kind of a heavyweight brand in the sense it's a very well established industry. Lots of B two B customers and not only them. Um, uh, in what new approaches do you uh, bring or new ways of looking at it?
1: So you know, my, my work is is basically touching all of our brands, uh, which one of them is Unipetrol, of course, as you said, which is which is heavy industry, and then definitely. Let's call it not the most exciting product or, or brand, but then of course we have different brands like Benzina and and Panama, which is which is the producer of of Mobil, the, the almost the most famous oil on on Czech Republic. And you know, apart from all the new technologies which are rising every year, I still strongly believe that there is a room to improvement in all the fundamentals. So mm. so when I came here to to Czech Republic. My goal is not necessarily now to concentrate on anything new that is coming, but that we really go from the from the bottom and we really see at the fundamental sort of level where we can improve and how we can really make the company even more customer centric and that we can you know that I can influence my team to actually look at the customers first and then we can actually choose all the t- like technological solutions because. Mm-hmm. I think some of the marketers uh, now uh, are being lost in, you know, all the new trends which are happening. Mm -hmm. And that's never the sort of success path only. Mm -hmm. So none of the channels and none of the communication uh, channels will give you success by itself. You really need to Mm -hmm. do the groundwork first, you really need to know the customer, you really Mm -hmm. need to know the market needs. And then you can you can you can sort of answer the market with with proper communication. Mm -hmm and i had uh, i read a, a, a very good saying which is summarizing that and that means a, a great campaign never starts with a channel it always starts with the idea so mm-hmm. the idea and the goal is it needs to come first and then we can choose the channels mm-hmm. so so yeah i think there's still room uh, uh, sort of in our company to reach New, new people with new technologies but that will come and then first of all we really need to work on proper marketing and reaching all of our customers and actually answering the, the market.
0: Mm-hmm. That's pretty much a startup approach in the view of looking at the customer primarily. Um, what do you think can um, uh, large corporations learn from startups and uh, what can startups learn from large corporations when it comes to the area of marketing?
1: So if we go first startups, what can large companies learn from startups? I I think it's the flexibility Mm -hmm. and really, really sort of fast um, implementation of projects. And that basically is sometimes the, um, you know, this, this will change the outcome of the campaign. If you can act quickly and you can react quickly to the market. That's definitely the, the like the biggest advantage of uh, smaller companies and, and smaller um, startups, and especially you can see that that you know a lot of r- large companies globally are moving to that sort of setup when they either open a hub which is acting like their sort of R and D startup, or they actually change their own structure to 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 sort of um, foster this this quickness. Mm-hmm. And and from the opposite side, I think startups can really sort of learn from large companies the approach and the fundamentals of, you know, running projects that you need to really think about the processes, not too much, like mm-hmm. don't make it too overly complicated, but definitely, you know, stay on the path of, of creating those projects and don't get too emotional about your own product. because. Uh, I think a lot of startups and start- startup founders are, are, you know, are product centered, not customer centered, and I think that's the problem because they know that this is their product, they really love it, they sort of you know they they, they created it, so it's their baby, and uh, and and you know they think it will sell by itself, and you know creating a product and creating and starting a startup is one thing, but then. Selling it and actually reaching success is just a whole another story. Mm-hmm.
0: You have also uh, successful startups in Poland. Once you, uh, once you look at the startups in Poland and perhaps the Czech Republic, is there some common trait in marketing that you think uh, they should pay bigger attention to in the sense you are like, "Oh, please don't do that."
1: Um, yeah, yeah, in general in general, uh, in general, you know startups have this tendency to, to forget about the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know there's even a lot of research which is showing that uh, I think that's from the states, but I, I would say that it's uh, applicable to, to Europe as well, that you know most of the reasons why startups fail are sort of connected to marketing. Which is either they don't check that the market needs their products or they have problem with pricing or they don't listen to the customer, which, you know, it's all marketing and, and I, my strong suggestion would be that if you start with your product, you have your startup and you don't know marketing, you either hire someone who is really experienced in marketing or, you know, you spend some time and you really learn because I think this is the competitive advantage because Startups in general are very sort of um, focused on their own products and they think that it will sell by itself. Yeah.
0: I'm not sure if also Polish startups do it, but I sometimes come across Czech startups that wouldn't have global marketing campaigns, but they take some. Uh, pictures from uh, photo um, uh, stock yeah. uh, on, on the internet, and they just have the same visual for like all the world, and they yeah. wonder why it doesn't work.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but exactly, but that's you know that's that, that's the stuff that that's basically the sort of market orientation which they mm-hmm. need to adapt. And, and you know, uh, but it's also interesting what you said. You know, the startups want to have global reach straight away, mm-hmm. and this is also a problem. Like, you know. Um, I really strongly believe that there is a time in, in the sort of process of, of, of creating a startup mm-hmm. that you can test and implement on local grounds and you can really see and you can get the direct feedback from the market you know where you're missing and what can be improved and then only then you can actually start about you know going globally but whats Don't rush it and definitely, you know, take your time on on really implementing on those early stages when you don't burn too much cash, Mm. because, you know, and going back to, you know, all the stuff which is happening now in the world, you know, there's quite a lot of cash in the system. And that's, I think, spoiling a a little bit the, the, the industry in general, because, you know, we feel like we are invincible, you know, people feel that the next funding will come and there will be another next round, the next round but you know when the times will change unfortunately those startups which are not based on a proper business plan will basically fail
0: yeah and we can also already see it in the world that uh, many startups uh, have the same uh, negative trade as some corporations, in the sense they uh, overthink their importance and perhaps lack of humility, as you guys you suggested in uh, doing your work, learn, learning to know the customer, um, not trying to you know um the best in the world, but listen more than uh, perhaps speak.
1: Well, well, yeah, definitely, and you know the the, the humility is, is 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 crucial, and then especially on the on the early stages, and and also you know there's the saying that it's 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 even true for large companies but i, I believe that it's even more mm. for startups mm. but if you work for someone for a product or a company or a brand you're not allowed to make any judgments about it because you you're not objective anymore mm. you you know you you're so deep into sort of the process of that product and that brand that you don't you cannot judge properly if it's good or not you have to put the mar- the, the product into the market and then you can actually see what's the feedback. So, so humility and and you know, and being really, really strict about it. You really need to be strict about not making your personal decisions based on your personal uh, idea. What do you
0: think about uh, some companies doing the marketing in the way that they? Uh, to uh, shout out to the world that they have the best products. They uh, shout uh, out, you know, the technical parameters, how big, great their products are. Uh, does that kind of marketing work, and will it in the future? <laughs>
1: well, you know, the with all the new technological uh, solutions, world is becoming more transparent, and uh, you know, the instant feedback from the market can be, uh, you know, so direct and so fast that if you're not going to deliver on your promises. People will not. And the thing is, you know, uh, it's, very, it's very sort of s- short-sighted. And uh, if you're saying it's the best in the category, it, it will be, it's it better be uh, best in the category because, yeah. you know, people will judge and, and uh, I believe that the next years will be about being transparent about what you want to uh, approach, mm-hmm. uh, uh, sorry, what you want to achieve and, mm-hmm. and what really are your benefits. Mm-hmm. Because you know, it, it's not the time that you will buy the biggest sort of ad in the newspaper, mm-hmm. and and you will say that it's the best, and people will believe. People yeah. will tell each other, and and that's the best way to to actually the the best way to success is basically to be the best. And yeah. if you really want to be the best, you know, you pr- you 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 make the best possible product you can, and you say it as it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, overall generally do you think the problem could be that uh ceos uh don't always give the marketing uh total autonomy in the sense a CEO might say i want uh, you to shout out my marketing department that we are the largest best or products are the best and all that in the way how their own egos you know go into <clears> marketing and uh, i just think there might be sometimes a clash of you know someone doing the marketing uh, from this point of view versus giving the marketing a free hand?
1: Yes and and no, in the sense that uh, sort of marketing and marketers in the world uh, sort of can blame themselves a little bit for the situation where they are. We uh, We tend to focus so much on new sort of solutions that we forget about the business results. And the CEO will listen to you only if you will bring some results. If you will not bring results, they sort of, you know, tend to take over a little bit of your uh, ideas. So I believe that, you know, marketers need to be really, really responsible about what they want to deliver and that they have the courage to really talk to the C-suite and really talk about tangible results, not about, you know, um, ideas and creativity. That's not for them. Mm-hmm. For, for the CEO and for the for the board of uh, for the, uh, BOD is, you know, these they need to deliver results as well Mm -hmm. so but then again going back to what you said that the ceo is influencing the 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 decision that's also when this sort of the marketing uh, person needs to be like okay listen i have it in my in my Mm -hmm. um, hands i want to deliver this if i want to deliver this i need to do it my way so so i believe that there's you know sort of a two-way communication that needs to happen Mm -hmm. and really set strict boundaries of you know of the influence and Mm -hmm. You know if the if the marketing people want to be respected mm-hmm. in the company they really need to start bringing results and they have to stop on you know concentrating on all the new shiny stuff which is happening and don't get me wrong i believe strongly in all of the social media channels and all the new technological solutions but it has its own place in sort of the marketing mix if you call it and you know there, there comes time when you really need to you know uh, start a new campaign with those new technologies only after you make the strategic and like the the, the the reading groundwork
0: so for marketing managers it is also important and directors it is also important to learn uh, soft skills but basically way uh, we, we how to communicate also with uh, CEO, not only their customers, because they have to be able to communicate what they want to do and all the plans.
1: Oh, yeah, hundred percent. And you know, like I actually read an article about it that you know we we it, it's a it's a it's a pity that we forgot about uh, a science called rhetorics, You know that we don't know how to communicate, and if we don't know how to communicate, and if we don't know how to sort of persuade. Mm. Our client in the company. As a marketer, if I if I don't know how to sell my idea to the board, I'm not going to get anywhere. You know, and, and this is this is hundred percent. You know, we need to work on our on our speaking uh, skills, on our presenting skills. We need to be good storytellers. And you know, like I, I still work on it, and, and I will work for for on it for for a long time because I believe. That only that way you can sort of make changes in the company, and mm-hmm. no matter what what's the size of the company, or even if you are reaching your customers and your and your on your market, mm-hmm. you really need to sell the story, and that's it.
0: Yeah, I uh, oh, came across your uh, personal page, Jakuboszowski dot uh, and I was really interested in what you had to say in the area of personal uh, development, um, uh, where. Your view is that uh, our education doesn't have to necessarily end with the formal education. Yeah. Why is it uh, important for you uh, and why do you think uh, you know, we should be uh, educating ourselves throughout our life?
1: I, I don't remember who said it. I think it was... I don't remember. But it was basically goes in a way that education is uh, taught to you mm-hmm. or at you and learning is coming from you. -hmm. And I believe that only by learning we can be better at what we do. And if you found your sort of area of expertise and you found what you really like to do or you love to do, and and that's your mission, then I don't see a point of not learning. You need to learn your stuff, you need to stay on top of things. And, you know, like I believe in in sort of formal education, but like I actually approach it more uh, and I appreciate it more now because I know what I need. Uh, the early stages of education might be debatable, if it's good, if it's correct, or not, there are different sort of ways of looking at it. But definitely you need those funda- fundamentals. Of course experience is the most important, but you really need to know what you're talking about. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, implementing those fundamentals and, and your own experience is like the mm-hmm. best combo having more to say and creating better campaigns. And, mm-hmm. and you can only do that by knowing more and being sort of mm-hmm. on, on time and updated to, to all the latest solutions.
0: What helps you most uh, personally uh, to uh, develop yourself? Is it conferences, books, or what works the most for you?
1: Um, you know, I'm really now, um, I'm really, now, uh, I'm really uh, strong into Podcasts. Mm-hmm. I really listen to a lot of marketing podcasts and business podcasts. Um, I used to. I used to get quite a lot of uh, knowledge from conferences. That's true, mm-hmm. but I think still books. Uh, and you know, if you can really go and digest the book, but really go deep into it, and, and you know, reread it a few times as well, and and you can really digest what's going into, you know, the process of writing that book and what you can learn from it. I think it's still, I would say for me it's the best medium as well.
0: Uh, If you were to look into the future, let's say 10-15 years, uh, how do you think the marketing will change? Uh, Or will it? it,
1: Well, you know, um, well definitely we will have new solutions and Mm -hmm. definitely we will have, you know, the technology will change and it will definitely you know shorten the distance between the companies and the and the markets and the, and the customers but i believe that you know the entire ai sort of movement will sort of liberate us from uh, these repetitive tasks and i think that marketers really need to transform transition from doers to thinkers when they really you know they don't concentrate so concentrate so much on just doing a lot of stuff but they actually think about how they do that stuff, which is like for me is the biggest difference in sort of approaching a campaign, you know, and especially when and this is our advantage on all the algorithms which we have. So, so summarizing, I think marketing fundamentals will not change. We'll still, you know, need to know the market. We'll still need to diagnose it. We'll still need to put, you know, strategic objectives. We'll need to set goals. And then the tactics definitely will, cha- will change, and definitely we'll see you know new platforms arising because that's happening every every year. Yeah. So if it's going to be Facebook or if it's going to be another new sort of um, techno um, giant, who knows? Yeah. But but you know, like they still need to know um, what they are talking about.
0: Yeah, I sometimes wonder um, with the in marketing is uh, automatization. So chatbots and it's continuing. So basically uh, there is less personal work done um, in the sense um, uh, some algorithm does it for you. Um, uh, and uh, and I wonder if p- people will not be feeling that the marketing is more or less and less personal. Uh, I mean, it's never been like totally personal, but once um, it's going to, t- to be cheaper for companies just to have artificial intelligence, uh, selecting campaigns for people. Do you think people will not mind or do you think a company that is going against the trend and still does a lot of personal Hard work on knowing the customer coming in with is going to be better off.
1: If if a company will trust the newest channel, the newest sort of solution, newest algorithm, without looking at the market, they will burn a lot of cash. That's for sure, because you and me know that you know this this uh, not personalized and sort of generic messages just doesn't reach anymore, and. Of course, you need to have um, you know proper work done before. So I don't believe that uh, there will be a magic solution coming in, in the upcoming years that mm-hmm. you know one click fits all. And uh, you know it's tempting to use those solutions, but very often it's 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 basically a cost and that's it. So uh, good marketing which is personalized and, and which is well-targeted and, and basically relevant to the, to the consumer will basically always win. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not talking about like over-targeting to be really, really specific. But at least, you know, you reach people who want to sort of get your message. Yeah. That's a good start. Mm. Without you know being overly complicated, I believe that there there will be no no you know just magic magic uh, happening in the next year. Mm-hmm. It still needs to, to right. rest. <laughs>
0: Once you look at the agencies that you've been cooperating with in Poland and in the Czech Republic. Um, do you view uh, that um, they think uh, enough about what they're doing in the sense, um, it, it seems to me sometimes the work is done automatically, they do what the competition does, but uh, at least in the Czech Republic, I think rarely we see some really thinking, you know, uh, in marketing to make a creative campaign that is, you know, really creative. Yeah. How is it in
1: Poland? Um, again, Again, as as it was in the in the sort of a, in the example with mm-hmm. the CEO, it's, I think it's sort of the same situation. We really need to look at agencies that they they need to work with something that is given to them as well. So it's again, it's a two-way communication. If the marketer, you know, gives good data, if if they if they brief the agency well, which means they don't have too much influence, or not too little influence on, on the campaign, but just right amount of data which the mm. which the camp uh, which the agency needs for the campaign. Then when the magic m- magic happens in terms of creativity, because I believe that um, you know agencies are also in a, in a in a difficult situation where they sometimes need to go for compromises. Mm. On one side, they are pushed by the clients on the solutions, and then on the other hand, they don't know enough. So So again, sure, they, they sometimes go the easy route, which is the newest solution, mm-hmm. or you know almost copy paste of, of what, what worked before. But I think it's, it's a two-way communication and mm-hmm. un, unless marketers will work better with agencies, the agencies will not work better with them. so it, it needs to happen and, and I believe that it, it's possible because um, you know they are experts as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: And one last question: uh, How do you enjoy being in the Czech Republic and the
1: city of Prague? Amazing. <laughs> and the, 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 that's the that's the that's the short uh, answer. But since I moved here, you know, last year in September, I fell in love in Prague and I really enjoy living here. Uh, it's not only because it's similar to, to my hometown, but just the way that you know the city is sort of built and, and all the solutions which we have here. I, I really. I really, really appreciate it with my with my family. So it's amazing. Great, glad to have you here, and best of luck. Thank Jermin you very much,